You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Jimmy Stein on the Locked On Bama podcast player roster countdown. We did this starting at like 99 with Tim Keenan. And I think, by the way, Tim Keenan was given the jersey number 98. So a whopping error on our part, assuming he would be 99. But hope you can forgive us and move past that and continue to listen to the countdown. We are at 11 on offense. We Because uh, we already talked about 11 on defense. Christian Story, 11 on offense is Treshawn Holden. Wide receiver from California. He's also from Maryland. Kids all, you know, uh, gosh, these kids that move all over and maintain their high level of of elite athletic achievement is really something when you think about it, isn't it? But anyway, Holden's um, spent his senior year in California and now his freshman year at Alabama. He was a red shirt last year, and here I go again using the term red shirt for last year when literally no one in the sport red shirted. But you guys know what I mean. Treshawn didn't play very much at all. I think he might have got in a couple of games in some garbage time for for a few routes. But uh, nothing unusual about a freshman that doesn't play much. Uh, doesn't mean anything about his long-term future. Uh, you know, when we signed him, this cop gets really overused in Bama Nation. And I'll tell you why it is. But I'm going to say the cop for Treshawn Holden is Kevin Norwood. And I'm sort of riffing off of what everybody says about, about Holden and in that comparison, I, I see Alabama guys that we sign compared to Norwood all the time. He, he seems to be the go-to comp when you're talking about a possession receiver that people think will be good. I guess because Norwood is arguably the best possession receiver of the Saban era, arguably, particularly in that that 2011 season. Oh, gosh, when we needed a catch and a third and eight. I mean, he was the dude doing it. Um, I, I, I think it's unfair to Kevin a, a little bit because most of these guys that get this Norwood comp aren't going to get drafted and play in the NFL for a little bit, as, as Kevin did before he had injury issues. But uh, But I do think that Holden is similar to Kevin Norwood, and I say that in the sense that the athleticism similar, the catch radius similar, uh, the size and speed similar. I would say, I would describe it this way. I think Kevin Norwood uh, is sort of a ceiling for, for Holden. And, and I mean, that is a compliment. I mean, look, Kevin Norwood was a, I mean, he played here 10 years ago and we're still talking about him. So excellent player who have an excellent career if, 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 he, if he develops into the player Kevin Norwood became. Uh, it's just funny that sometimes there's cops that are common, uh, and it's the same guy over and over. I mean, how many five foot eight wide receiver punt returners has Alabama signed in the past 30 years that get the David Palmer comp and not one of them been right. Now, some of these guys have been great players like Jalen Waddle, you know, for instance, Waddle in all honesty, in terms of just rote athleticism and football abilities, a better player than Palmer. That's why he went six, you know, where'd he go in the draft? Like fifth or sixth? Uh, that, that's, that's, you know, it's a waddle, you know, better than Palmer, 
But was Waddle like Palmer? No, no, no. They're just different guys. Waddle's Waddle runs like a three nine forty. I mean, I mean, he, he's just a completely different dude. But uh, who are we talking about? Yeah, Holden. Uh, what what should we expect from Treshawn this fall? I I, I do think he's going to play. Uh, I I think we're going to see Holden out there. I, I I think there's kind of a a let's call it a no man's land in terms of how our wide receiver rotation has worked under Coach Saban. You have your first team rotation. That's like the first team guys, okay? And and they're the guys that play in the first quarter in big games. These are the guys on the field at wide receiver. And we know for Alabama that's going to be Mechie. We know it's probably Slade Bolden with his experience. And, uh, and Jamison Williams, to me, seems like a sure bet to get there. Okay, so that's one group. This, there's a second group that I would call the red shirts, the guys that just aren't going to play. Uh, and now, and since you can play in four games and still red shirt, now we might see a glimpse of those guys. So let's call them the glimpse group. You know, we'll get a glimpse of true freshmen that just aren't ready, and, and which is common, and we'll have those every year. Okay, so that, and then there's a third group that I will call the garbage time guys, which, gosh, that sounds like a terrible thing to say, and I don't mean it uh, derogatory. I just mean that they are the guys that come on the field and play when Coach Saban has decided we've won the game. When Coach Saban decides and announces into, I, I think he used to famously say into his uh, headphones, we're taking the air out of the ball. Or, uh, or you know, he, uh, or put in the twos, you know. Uh, when Coach Saban decides the game is over, then a certain group of, of guys come on the field and they play. And we, 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 we've been calling them garbage time guys, and I hate the term, but I just use it because all of y'all know what I mean when I say that. Well, I think there's arguably this other shadowy group that's in sort of purgatory or no man's land. They're, they're better than garbage time guys. They're closer to being in the lineup but they're also not going to be out there for the first snaps against LSU. You know what I'm saying? And I think Holden's probably in that area, you know, this fall as not a guy that's going to be out there with Mechie and Bolden and Jamison Williams, but it ain't going to be the fourth quarter with three minutes left and Alabama up 49 to seven before we see him either. I, I think Holden will be a more, uh, a, a, a weekly guy, a guy we see weekly in some capacity. Now, how many balls is, is he going to catch this year? I don't know. Off the top of my head, let's go with eight. Uh, you know, if you're setting an over-under. Um, but I, I know this. Uh, Holden's a good player. I, I saw him do enough things this spring to make me believe that Treshawn Holden is going to be a player at Alabama. I'll stop short of saying dude yet. Uh, but I think Treshawn Holden will be a contributor even this fall and uh, and definitely going forward. I love the catch radius, uh, his size. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you sit down in the field, if he, wore a, if he wore a number in the 80s and not 11, you might think he's a small tight end. I mean, this guy's got and, – and it's not beef, it's frame. He's got a, he's got a tight end's frame to him. Uh, that's what it looks to me. So he, that makes him a great possession receiver because guys would have a frame like that. If they really learn the art, it, it's a basketball thing. 
if they learn the art of rebounding, in other words, how do you position your body legally to screen the opponent from the ball? I think I think Holden could be a really good player once once he learns that skill. Jimmy Stein back on the player roster countdown, and man, is this a fun one. We're at number 10, and 10 is Henry Toho Toho. That's really how you say his name if you want to pronounce, if you want to say it along with me in case you really want to learn how to say it. Toho Toho. And then when you look at his name, how it's spelled correctly, uh, it makes sense that, that it, 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 you pronounce it like that. Just Toho Toho. Henry is easier for, uh, you know, for the, for the Alabama fans. So you can say Henry or Henry T. The players on the team apparently call him Hank. And uh, I, I totally love that. So he's Hank to me. Not that, not that we're on the team, but Hank is just more fun to me. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with Hank. I mean, we're, we're calling uh, 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 Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, right? I mean, I know Kool-Aid's name is Kool-Aid now. I mean, that's how he's listed everywhere. <laughs> I don't know that Henry's going to list his name as Hank, but 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 I, I, when I say Hank, y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, man, what a, what, you know, here, here's the thing about need and want. Uh, Jalen Moody was going to be the starting inside linebacker alongside Christian Harris, and I thought Moody was great this spring. I thought, man, Moody, Moody is good. Uh, he, he's really improved, and, and and the reason I was high on Moody, and we talked about this back in back in forty, you know, thirty two days ago. Uh, the reason that we were high on Moody uh, or this spring is we know he's a physical dude in the tackle box. We know he's going to bust some running backs at the line of scrimmage and be an intimidating presence and shoot some gaps and make a play and just sort of sort of be a run game, you know, uh, specialist. But in the spring, I, I was impressed how Moody had improved uh, playing in space, which is just critical now for linebackers. You, if you're a one-trick pony, if you're the guy that's really good in the phone booth, that's what Joe Kynes used to say, you know, he's good in a phone booth. Young people today don't even know what the hell a phone booth is, but but Joe Kynes is, is, is 100 years old like me, so, so we know what, what the phone booth is. And <laughs> Kynes would say, oh, he's, he's, he, he's, he's great in a phone booth. Well, you could get away with that even, even 15 years ago. Uh, but now linebackers need to be athletes. Um, I even had a discussion with a SEC football coach who grew up coaching safeties and, and now coaches linebackers. And, and I remember asking him, I mean, to, to me, uh, he, when, when he had very little experience coaching linebackers, I asked him, I'm like, well, it, wouldn't you say it's true that in today's game, in today's game, you're teaching your, your, in, your inside linebackers to be safeties anyway? I mean, the drills, the things you want your linebackers to learn are really similar to what we were teaching safeties 10 years ago. I mean, and, and, and he agreed. Now, you know, obviously he said, well, it's, it's more detailed than that. And it's more complicated than that. But yeah, yeah, in a broad overview, that's, that's totally true. A linebacker today has to have safety skills uh, because you're playing in space. You're in pass coverage. Look, the other team, 
If the other team throws the ball on more than 50% of the snaps, I mean, what the hell are we doing? I, th- I think most of us, you know, th- you know, let's say 35 and older, <laughs> you know, we, we, we kind of grew up watching football where a run pass was 50-50 or you ran it more than you threw it. Therefore, the guys on the defense need to be big and strong and stop the run. Well, now it's we're throwing it all over the field to get people to watch the games. <laughs> and that means linebackers used to be defensive linemen, and now linebackers are defensive backs. Doesn't that make sense? So that's what's going on when, when it comes down to evaluating linebackers today. And Moody really improved this spring when I was worried he was going to be a one-trick pony, the, the, the phone booth guy. But no, he, he, he learned to play in space. So we would have been fine if starting camp next week we had an inside linebacker duo of Christian Harris and Jalen Moody. I, I think it might have been the best inside linebacker duo in the SEC. It might have been. But along comes the transfer portal, and along comes immediate eligibility, and along comes Hank from Tennessee. And we have gone from maybe having the best inside linebacker duo to definitely having the best inside linebacker duo in this league because I think an argument could be made. I could sit here and look at the list and find that I'm wrong when I say this, but I'm not so sure Hank and Christian Harris aren't the two best one and two in the whole conference playing the inside linebacker position. If they're not the two best, they're on the short list together. So Poor Moody. I, I think there'll still be a role for Moody. I won't be surprised if he's out there, particularly in the rundowns. Again, that's where he's at his best. I mean, when it's third and two, why not have Moody out there? I mean, why not? There's there's not be better, not not gonna be many dudes better at that. So to say nothing of what he can do on special teams. And as we know, sometimes linebackers get injured. So so Moody's still valuable to the team. But the two best guys now are Hank and Christian. And let's talk about Hank. Hank. Hank is that modern linebacker, the one I'm talking about. He, he, he checks all the boxes. Yeah, he can. He'd be good in a phone booth. He, he would. He would hit you. He gets you to the ground. He will meet the running back where the hole is supposed to be, and he will fill that hole. And the running back will be tackled. He is good at that. He is also excellent at playing in space. He will play. He he has sideline to sideline range. He will run down the outside run. He will run down a scrambling quarterback. He can spy a quarterback. He can rush the passer on blitz calls. Uh, he, he can do everything. And on top of it, and this is why he's special, this is why he's going to have a long career in the NFL. Despite what I just described, the reason that Hank is special is he's a leader, a real leader. And on defense, I don't know if there's another position on the field where it's more important to have your leader than in the middle of that defense at Mike or Will or both. And that's what we got with Hank. He showed up a leader. I'll give you this story beyond other anecdotes I've heard that I'm not going to repeat, but but just this obvious public story. Uh, many of you this week read in the newspapers, which is, you know what I mean by that, you know, Twitter, um, <laughs> that... Nick Saban and Terry Saban built their 18th house for Habitat for Humanity, um, you know, with, with, with money from the Nick's Kids um, Foundation, and which is just an awesome program, an incredible thing to do for, 
for a, a, a you know low income family that wants to to be a first time homeowner, and they do this after we win national championships. And Coach Saban and Terry Saban obviously consider it a privilege to be a part of that. So who who gets to be a part of that on the team? Well, they invite guys from the team out to come help build the house. But if you've noticed, go back in your archives and read the past stories. There's been 18 of them now, okay? It's not the whole team that goes out there. It's some guys. And this is a privilege. This isn't, there is not a memo put up in the Moore that says, hey, we're building a house. Whoever wants to come help, get on the bus. That's not how this works. Who's building the house? The leaders are rewarded I have noticed over the years without it being said or told to me, but I've just noticed who goes out there. It tends to be the upperclassmen who are the leaders on the football team, not the necessarily the best players. It's not, hey, these are our 10 best players. Y'all go get on the bus. It's the leaders, that leadership group that Coach Saban refers to. And, and so who would you think? Well, who was at Media Days? Uh, Phil Mathis and John Mechie. Guess who was at the Habitat for Humanity House? Mechie and Mathis. What about the older kids who, who we also just know are leaders like Brian Robinson and Chris Owens? They were out there at the house. What about Christian Harris? He's been starting for a while. He's at the house too. Well, you know who was at the house also? Hank. Hank was there. Hank was at the Habitat for Humanity House. And well, that's not a big story to anybody, and yeah, it's probably Jimmy reading too much into this little nugget of information, but my point is that was the upperclassmen leaders of the football team, and Hank didn't even get here till the summer. He doesn't even really know where all the bathrooms are. He hadn't been here for three months, and he's with the leadership group and playing Mike Linebacker, and at media days, Coach Saban basically said, without saying it, that Henry, or Hank, as we call him here, is going to be the, the, the line caller. You know, he's the one that's going to signal the play. The plays are signaled in to Hank, and Hank gets everybody lined up. And that has been something that Alabama has struggled with at times in recent seasons. Hank is showing up to fix all that. He's, he's, he's a naturally good at it. And you're like, gosh, yeah, how can he know the defense? He didn't show up till the summer. Well, he's smart as hell. And B, we're a little fortunate in that he's coming from a defense hugely similar to, to Alabama's. I mean, that's Jeremy Pruitt's defense up at Tennessee. And what do you think? Jeremy didn't go to Tennessee and decide that Nick Saban didn't know what he was doing on that side of the ball. He's changing it all up. I mean, no, at Tennessee, with obviously lesser players in general, uh, was running the Alabama defense. So I'm sure Hank had to relearn some terminology, but the defense is, is, is the same. So I think he's on the short list of, of the very best players on the team, and I'm talking about a short, short list, top five, top six on the whole team, and a leader. It would not stun me if at the end of the year when the players vote that Hank is a defensive team captain, uh, which is just remarkable considering, again, a summer enrollee who spent his first two years playing for another team in the SEC. So... Yeah, Moody could have handled it. With Moody, we would have been fine. But you cannot, you cannot turn down uh, Hank. He, he, I, think, I think to some extent he, he's almost transformed the defense. It, it's more than just the upgrade from 
Moody sort of being a mid-round NFL pick to Hank being maybe a first-round pick, it's more than that because of the leadership and his ability to captain the defense. So uh, Hank was a huge summer pickup for the Tide. And uh, we'll just go ahead and say Saban uh, won the transfer portal. Jimmy Stein on the Locked On Bama podcast. Player roster countdown. Get down to these little numbers and it gets more and more fun because these are all dudes now. I mean, this is a lot of stars. Heck, I did. Just did Hank. Toe Toe and uh, now we're down to number nine, and there's a couple of badass number nines on this football team. Let's do uh, Bryce Young, the Million Dollar Man. We gonna stick with that? Is that the nickname, Million Dollar Man? We just think of that. I mean, the history, the history. I mean, we can do the whole ten minutes. I usually go five minutes on these things. You know, I'm gonna go ten minutes on Bryce, uh, and we can spend the whole ten minutes just. On, Bryce Young is going to make a million dollars this year or more. That is more money than a significant percentage of guys playing in the National Football League. Bryce Young will make more money than a lot of NFL football players in 2021. And we've had incredible quarterbacks at Alabama. I mean, to say nothing of just the last three, Tua, first round, Mack, first round, Jalen, second round. And even guys, you know, Brody Croyle was really good. And, 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 and then we can get back in the old Kenny Stabler and, 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 and Richard Todd and, of course, Joe Willie. And, of course, the rules were different. And, and we could sit here and guess forever what they would have made at various times. Although, weirdly, you know, Namath wasn't super famous to lose in the NFL. People don't know that or forget that. But, but <laughs> I digress, as I do. That's probably my best trait. Or, or worst. Um, Bryce, Bryce is going to make a million dollars. It's so historical. We've never had anything like it. Is it going to hurt the locker room? I don't think that's a crazy suggestion. I know we have some mature kids and all our kids are going to make something. But whew, these are 18-year-old kids in that locker room. A lot of them come from not much. And, and, and Bryce... <laughs> Bryce is rich. Bryce is rich. He's rich compared to most of the people listening to this podcast. He's rich and hasn't even played yet. And a lot of guys on the team who have been starting for three years. I mean, Chris Owens, he's been out there six years. He's been working his ass off for six years, working and getting better and and there's gonna be snapping the ball to the kid who hadn't played, who's got a million bucks. I mean, I, now this is how I, I mean, I think we all look at it through the prisms of our own experience, and I can't imagine that that it would be a problem, but I also see that it could be. So we'll see how the team handles it. It's another time that we should probably just all say thank God for Nick Saban. He's the one that could probably handle this as well as it can be handled because it's brand new. And, hey, I am thrilled for Bryce and his family and so happy he came to Alabama, so happy that he's our quarterback and putting an end to this, uh, uh, you know, worry. A tweet from Javion Cohen just yesterday. Javion Cohen retweeted 
the, the news story that, that Bryce had already signed $800,000 worth of deals and more are coming that's going to push it over a million. Javion Cohen, you know, one of his linemen, you know, tweeted, really proud of, of this guy because despite that, he still comes to work every day. So that's how you overcome it, I think. And I think Bryce is mature enough. He's got great parents. I, I think Bryce is mature enough to know that, you know, the way you overcome it, the way you know it's not a locker room issue is you're with them. You're with them. You're not with the board of directors at Cash App. You're with your boys. You're with the locker room. You're with your linemen and your receivers, the, the ride outs. You're with them. And you're working as hard as they work. And you're their leader you know, and then what he does on his own time is is what he does on his own time. But I, I think Javion Cohen's tweet made me feel a whole lot better about about how the team is going to handle all this. So I don't worry about it like like maybe maybe we should. But uh, but man, I, I am super happy for Bryce and his his great family because uh, as David Shaw, the Stanford coach, pointed out, this is. This and it's not David Shaw's really helping us out unintentionally, and it's true what he's saying. And I think the Youngs know this too. Uh, and since Bryce hasn't played, and since he hasn't been an All SEC player yet, although we, I think we know that's coming, uh, this says more about Alabama than it does about Bryce. And that's fine. That's why Bryce came to Alabama, not because hey, you know, if NIL is passed, I'm going to make a lot of money. No, he came to Alabama because. It's Alabama. It's Nick Saban's Alabama. That's why I picked this place. And I think that's really what David Shaw was saying unintentionally is, you know, they've built a hell of a brand at Alabama. I mean, this is Alabama's value, not Bryce Young. He doesn't have value yet. He hasn't done anything yet. This is Alabama. And that's right. That's right. I think, I think Bryce and his family would be the first to tell you, uh, yeah. Yeah, if I was going to be the starting quarterback of Wake Forest, I probably wouldn't have a million dollars. Not yet. But anyway, now to Bryce's skill set, and uh, I could do a whole another 10 minutes on that. Hope, hope, hope y'all didn't have things to do today because um, it might take me a while to shut up. I, I'm a big Bryce fan going all the way back to watching his junior tape when I was first told that our likely quarterback was Bryce Young, though he was committed to USC, that, that, that we had a great chance to flip him and not to, not to get frustrated if that takes some time, but that, that Bryce is, is going to flip. So I watched the tape for the first time knowing that he's a, a high flip candidate. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to notice that he's small. I mean, that's just a fact. That, that's not an opinion. I mean, Bryce is small. He is small. He, he's aware of this. He, he's been told. Uh, but, but the skill level is ridiculous. He has crazy arm talent. And by arm talent, so many people want to associate that with velocity. So many people want to associate that with how far you can throw the ball on the, on the, on the post. I mean... No, arm talent, I start with accuracy. Can you stand in a spot and deliver a football 
exactly where you want to deliver it? Can you throw the football into a tight window? And then can you do that with velocity? Can you move your feet and maintain that level of accuracy or some level of accuracy? Can you go to your right? Can you go to your left? Can you complete the touch throw, the throw that requires fifth grade arm strength, but immaculate touch over the linebacker in front of the defensive back? What about the screen? Some people have no idea how hard it is to throw that ball. (laughs) Can you complete the screen pass when you've got four defenders that are 300 pounds and all in your face and all about to hit you and you have to throw, lob it or throw it around the pass rush that was intentionally let through. Can you throw it around the pass rush accurately and not get the ball picked off? You get a screen pass picked off, you're on Center because the other, the other team just housed it. They scored. So that throw is tough. And then, of course, the obvious you know, uh, the obvious NF, what I call NFL throws, NFL throws to me are down the field with velocity into a narrow window. Can you do that? Because if you can, you can play on Sunday. But now combine all that with, we haven't even got to Bryce's, he's got all that. But he also has this, which we haven't even touched on yet. This is a new game, a, a new way that the game has played And the quarterback has to get rid of the ball quickly, whether it's an RPO, uh, you you know, whether it doesn't matter. The the game is played faster at a faster tempo. That means getting the ball out. And Bryce's release time is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, everybody's going to say it's like a point guard, you know, that just two hands gets rid of the ball, throws it to his opponent's. I mean, his, his teammate's chest uh, fast before the defense can react. Everybody will compare to that. I, I want to compare it to something a little different. The catcher, the catcher that is in the big leagues solely because he's a great defender. They don't care that he can only hit 180. He's playing in the big leagues because he is awesome behind the plate and he will gun down anyone that thinks about trying to take a, a, an extra bag because from home plate to second, the ball is out, and then it's accurate in the right spot. That's what, what Bryce is. It gets out fast, and it's right where it's supposed to be. I mean, when you watch his high school tape, that's what I see. I mean, the ball getting out fast, the ball being accurate, and with sufficient velocity, let's not overdo the arm strength. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, that's something that's going to be a constant uh, project for him. He, he's got, to, he's got to, to get a little stronger. But, hey, I mean, who doesn't? It's not just a product of him not being a big guy. Uh, there, there, there are many quarterbacks in college football bigger than Bryce that don't have his arm strength. That's a fact. So, I'm not knocking him on the on the size there. I'm just saying, hey, he he does have to work on the velocity and uh, and the arm strength and just the tight window stuff down the field. Uh, he's that's why you go to college to do to develop to become a pro football player. You don't go to college as a pro football player. You develop into one uh, over time through hard work and, and good coaching. So 
He's got all that. And boy, have I gotten you excited yet? Have we talked about his legs? Because you know how Tua was a good athlete? You know how Jalen was a good athlete? Mac was not. I mean, Mac will be the first to tell you. But Tua and Jalen were fantastic athletes. And I'm here to tell you, Bryce is better. Bryce is faster, quicker. He's got shake and bake to him. He... Tua and Jalen, as athletic as they were, I don't think could have played another position at a high level in college football, and Bryce could. Bryce Bryce could be a defensive back or a receiver uh, at, at the college level. I, I fully believe he's athletic enough to, to be that guy. I mean, there's a different level of athlete here, and I don't know if it'll be this season and his first season as a starter, but over the next two years, if not three. And technically, I think Bryce has a whole nother four years he could play if he wants to. And why not if you're making over a million bucks? But (laughs) at some point in some game, this is going to happen. And the defensive coordinator on the other team is going to quit his job in the middle of the game because Bryce is eight of eight for... 160 yards and and two touchdowns. And Alabama has marched down the field because Bryce is so quick and accurate delivering the ball. And somehow or another, because of maybe some blow-ups in the run game, it's third and eight. For some, some reason, we got stuffed twice. So it's third and eight. So the other team goes to dime, and they're like, all right, we know you're throwing it now. We got six DBs out there. We got this thing covered. What you're going to do now? And Bryce is going to take his shotgun snap from Chris or, or Emil or whoever the center next year. And he's going to look around, and his first guy's covered, and his second guy's covered. So now he's got to move. He's got to move. He bought himself more time to find his third guy. He's covered. So Bryce tucks it and runs 55 yards through a touch, for a touchdown, making 11 defenders miss. Uh, that that's what's going to happen, and 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 I, I'm predicting this highlight like I'm predicting that when y'all look outside and look at your grass, it's green, and you look up at, at a cloudless day and the sky's blue. This is going to happen because Bryce is a major weapon with the ball in his hands, and I think he picks his spots from what I've heard and seen. Uh, I think he's going to pick his spots. I don't think Bryce is going to be running all day and all night. You know, Jalen Hurts, first it was coaching his freshman year. I believe he was just coached to do it, which is, hey, when your guy's not there, just tuck it and take off. We'll, 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 we'll still win the game on defense. Just, 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 just run it if you have to. Don't, don't, don't throw interceptions, we'll lose. But if you tuck it and run, uh, we might not make a first down and punt, but we'll win the game. Uh, that's what we could do in 2016. Um, but but it it, it kind of created, I think, for Jalen, uh, that bailout run kind of came quick for him. And, and first of all, it's effective. We won all the time, which is the point of a, you know, the point of your program is to win the games every week. It's not to prepare your guy to be a pro quarterback. The point is to win the games. And when Jalen was our quarterback, we could win it if uh, as long as he didn't throw interceptions. So he he, he ran it a lot out of, Hey, that's how he's always done it, and B, he was sort of coached to do it, especially early on. But that's neither here nor there. I say that to say this. I think Bryce is kind of at a different level 
and he is not going to be as quick to run. I, I think Bryce uses his feet to buy time to make a play downfield with his arm. He scrambles to throw. He doesn't scramble to run. And guys like that are hugely dangerous. I will give you a great NFL comp. You know who I just described in the NFL? Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's fast. Yeah, he can make plays with his legs. We've seen it. But Russell doesn't kill you with his legs. He kills you with his arm. He'll just burn you with his legs when you finally get all his guys covered. And that's why Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame quarterback and one of the best five or six guys alive today playing the position. I think if Bryce can sort of mimic how Russell Wilson plays the game, Alabama's offense is going to be something uh, with him running it. So as you can tell, I'm a huge Bryce fan. I was a big Milrow fan. We talked about that a few days ago. Hey, you know, you can have more than one good quarterback on the team. <laughs> Alabama did 2016 through or 2017 through 2019 through 20, you know, and, and it worked out pretty good. How many times we lose in that three years? Like three times in three years? I mean, so whew, I'm looking at 17 minutes. Gosh, I feel like I would like to do a whole nother 13 minutes, but but we need to go to our great sponsors because we don't have a show without the sponsors or you guys that uh, that listen all the time. So uh, thanks for listening.